You are listening to the Legal Community Podcast, hosted by Guy Remond and Dave Zampano, powered by Guider. Guider provides self-service online legal documents supported by your local attorney. Fast, affordable, and in your own time. For more information and resources, please visit guider.legal and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Legal Community Podcast powered by Guider. Today, we are joined by Guy Riemann and Dave Zampano, founders of Guider. Today, specifically, we're going to hear about Dave Zampano's story. Dave, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you, Lisa. It's great to be here. It's an exciting time in the world uh, whenever someone's innovative. And I've been able to play in that area a long time. And I'm excited to kind of share about what happened before all my innovation. And happy to say I'm uh, married 31 years to my bride. Absolutely adore her. She's my best friend. And I've got three beautiful kids, 28, um, 26, and 22. Middle one's married, and uh, the other two, you know, who knows? Time will come, right? Family is my number one priority. I love being with my family, partly because I'm the youngest of 10 kids. So we grew up in an Italian household. I'm a purebred. All four of my grandparents came over from Italy, and um, it kind of led to who I became today because every family event, every everything, you know, I had all my brothers, sisters, my aunts, my uncles, and my cousins basically at every event. So, so really that, that concept of family is really what, what brings us here even to today to this community that we have for Guider. It's really an extended family in, a, in, in the next sense of the word. You know, after listening to Guy's, you know, introduction on the last podcast talking about his background, I, I just marvel at how two people from two different sides of the world come together at some point, you know, here we all are together in such different journeys. So my journey began with being born and raised in a family that owned a family business. And my parents were wholesale food distributors. My my grandfather came over from Italy to America in 1917. He was born in 1899. And in 1927, he started bringing groceries around in in a little wagon knock on people's doors and ask if they needed groceries. That turned into a wholesale distribution of groceries and Italian food products. By the 1950s, he was one of the largest in our region. And there was over 50 wholesale grocers at the time. Today, there are two left, and we are still one of them, third generation running at my brother's, which, which will kind of weed into my story throughout. But my first, my first experience with business came probably when I was five years old. The first thing that really was kind of odd was I learned what it meant to have a mom that was a CEO. Back in the 60s and early 70s, you know, a woman in business kind of was was strange. But to me, that's all I ever knew. My mother was the CEO of our family business and my father was the sales guy. And the two of them in the 25 years they ran that business, I have to tip it over for my grandfather, increased it 37 fold. And I never knew that, that was happening. I was just a product of that environment. And I guess it started when I was probably six or seven when they would put me in the spice room. We had a spice called Abaco Spice. It's, it's still out there in its 93rd year. And we used to pack spices, you know, from big 50 gallon drums and barrels into individual little, you know, glass dispensers that you use on your table. 
And I used to get paid 25 cents a case to get that done. And now I was the youngest. Now, remember, I was the youngest at 10, but seven of my siblings were, were boys and two were girls. So we were eight and two. And somehow, even as the youngest, I used to outpack all my brothers. And I realized it was because I had a system. You know, I would systematize how I would line up, you know, the case of bottles, how I would line up, how I was going to fill them. And I always ended up outpacing them. I don't know how, but it was all just kind of there. Well, my next big adventure was my paper route. And I remember the paper route because my neighbor had a paper route that delivered the paper six days a week. And I got the one that just delivered one day a week on Sundays. And I don't know how it happened. Again, it must have just been a byproduct of growing up in an entrepreneurial environment. But I made more money on my one day a week than my neighbor friended on his six day a week route. And I actually trained my my customers to leave the money so I didn't have to go back and collect. I trained others to pay me by the month instead of by the week so I didn't have to go collect every single week. And these are all things that did. And they used to love me because I was just jovial. And that I got from my dad, you know, that salesperson, my mom, she was the business person. And so I was very successful. I used to make hundreds and hundreds of dollars at the holidays. I mean, this is the early 70s, folks. And it just kept going from there. Well, when I was 16, my oldest and dearest friend, we became friends in kindergarten. How many people at the age of 56 can you say you've been friends with 51 years? But uh, we're still good friends. Him and I opened up a t-shirt shop at the age of 16. And, and we were doing 80 dozen t-shirts a week, <laughs> you know, making 15 to 20 dollars a dozen. And, and this is what you're doing after we got out of school. You know, we would go to school all day. Then it came time to go to school. I went off. I became an accountant. I got my CPA. You know, it was 1990. And, you know, my mom and dad were getting ready to sell the business to the third generation, several of my brothers. And my mom begged me to come into the business. She said, Dave, you do so good in this business. And I said, you know, mom, my whole life, I saw you guys work so hard. And they would literally fight over nickels. You know, they would lose a customer because the other guy was five cents cheaper for a case of tomatoes than we were. And I said, you know, I don't want to spend the rest of my life fighting over nickels. And I said, so I'm going to get educated more. And after I got my accounting degree, I, I worked for Pricewaterhouse and got my CPA. And then I went back to law school. I'm like, you know, my mother always said alphabet soup equals dollar signs. She said, you know, the more letters you get after your name, the more money you, 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 you make. And I, I thought, yeah, that's kind of cool. Well, that's true in the academic world. And it, but it doesn't necessarily parlay to the entrepreneurial world. But when you can bring that to the entrepreneurial world, it's a double whammy. And that's kind of what I have found. So after I graduated law school, it was really interesting. I, I went in uh, the, the year, let's see, when I was graduating, I graduated in 92. So it was 91. I was starting to look at the, the landscape. I'm like, what kind of law should I go into? And I was always big in tax. I always loved tax. And so I came to like estate planning. And, and a statistic I read now, again, remember, this is 1991 at the time. It said by 2010, 19 years later, one in five Americans would be over the age of 65. And what was interesting in my location, in my geographic area, we are already at 23%. So we are already over that number. And so I thought, you know, maybe estate planning is the area to get into. So I did. And I graduated a law school and I went to work for a regional law firm that was an insurance defense firm. And you're like, What's, what are you doing going there if you want to do estate planning? Well, what happened was the senior partner, you know, who did estate planning was retiring and they wanted somebody to come in. Well, estate planning to them was a will, you know, 
they used to have a filing cabinet. They called it their annuities, waiting for people to die, right? And cash out their wills. I'm like, boy, this doesn't sound right. So I brought to our uh, geographic area, I was one of the first attorneys to start doing revocable living trusts because they really didn't come out until the late 80s, early 90s. And by the time I started doing this, people were like, who is this young whippersnapper? What's he doing? Because I saw, you know, people trust made sense. And so I started doing revocable living trust. And within a year or two, I started doing irrevocable trust. And I started finding different ways of using trust that people didn't traditionally use them. Well, after two years with this regional law firm, the funniest thing happened. They came to me. They said, Dave, we love you, but you have to leave. That was a nice way of firing me. They said, we love you, but we don't know what you're doing. So you have to leave. Will you please take all of your clients with you? And will you stay of counsel to our firm so we can continue to refer all the estate planning work to you? And I guess that was my first mark in this area because what happened was they were afraid because they were insurance litigators, defense attorneys, and they didn't know what I was doing. And they were afraid of malpractice. They're like, I don't know what this young whippersnapper is doing. We love you, though. We really like you. Go out and we'll, we'll continue to support you. And they did. And, and, and then that's when everything changed. Because when I went on my own, my business, I started to do something um, that no one had ever done. I went to allied professionals. So in our business, we are lawyers. We went to financial professionals, bankers, insurance people. And I got to tell you, my first experience was they basically said, what are you doing here? And basically wanted to kick me out of their office. And I know that sounds crazy today, but this is, you know, the early mid 90s. And they viewed us as the deal killers because when when they would try to sell insurance products or financial products, the lawyers, the lawyers all, all always felt that their way to show value to their clients uh, was to save them money by not doing other things that cost money. Well, that's the silliest thing. So I would go see them and they would basically shun me. But over time, I won them over. And I actually built a business that doubled every year for the first five years by working with allied professionals. And it was really a great story because as I grew, I was serving a need in the community. People love what I was doing. And then I, I kind of figured out a new way to use trust because people didn't like irrevocable trust because when you created them, you couldn't change them, you couldn't benefit from them, and you couldn't control them your assets anymore. But I started asking questions and I actually ended up creating an irrevocable trust that you can change, you can benefit from, and you don't have to give up control, but you still get to protect your assets from creditors, predators, and long-term care costs. So it all seemed crazy, right? But I would just kept going. Well, there's an old saying, right? Um, Someone once said when uh, luck is when opportunity meets preparation. That's the old saying. And, you know, I'd just been put my head down and working and my business was growing and I didn't have any fat gray haired guy in the corner office to tell me how to run a law practice. So I started looking around and I found a national legal organization of estate planning attorneys and they had 1500 members. So I joined it and uh, it was a pretty hefty joining fee, but I said, I got to do something to learn from someone other than myself, which is a core issue for me. I'm a lifetime learner, no matter how much I know. Everything I learn, I learn there's five more things I don't know. And so I I wanted to seek from people that already had done it. And so I joined this national organization of lawyers in it. And every quarter, they would meet somewhere in the United States, East Coast, West Coast, and Central. And I would go every quarter for three days, sometimes, or five days. And I would learn and just really meet other lawyers just like me. Well, within two years of that, joining that national organization, um, you know, you talk in the hallways, the head of the national organization came up to me and said, 
what are you doing? I said, I don't know. Am I doing something wrong? They said, no, no. Everybody's talking about your practice and how it's growing. What are you doing? And I said, well, you know, I've been just doing Medicaid planning. And they said, Medicaid planning, that's for poor people. I said, no, it's not. Medicaid planning is for, you know, middle-class America. This is about people who want to protect their assets from long-term care costs and from other creditors and creditors or kids divorced. So they said, would you be willing to be the keynote speaker at our next quarterly event? I said, sure. And uh, I'll never forget it because it was in October of 2001, which was one month after 9-11. And traveling to that, we didn't know if we were going to be able to travel to it. And it was so different getting on an airplane. But when I got there, you know, we would go to the, the event and I was a keynote. I had an hour and a half slot. And I said, let me do my job to collaborate with all my colleagues and share. And I did. And I said, well, I'll do my duty, share. And then, you know, I, I've done my thing and I can move on. No, it didn't work that way. After I left the stage, they followed me into the bathrooms, into the hallways. They wanted to know more. And by the end of that event, the head of the national organization said, okay, people are screaming. Now they want more. Can you train them how to do what you're doing? I said, geez, I never thought about it. There you go. Opportunity meets preparation. And um, I said, I could try. I said, but it's too much information. But I'll, what I'll do is I'll teach them every three months a one-day training. So when we would have these quarterly events, there would be two days of you know, specialty training, and then there would be three days of like all kinds of you know, interactive trainings. And I said, I could do a one-day training each time for three sessions. So it would be a one-day training, three months later, one-day training, three months later, one-day training. And I, I was the first attorney outside the national network that they had ever contracted with that was not an employee. And so I started teaching Medicaid planning. Now, that's the, the short story. The long story is I'm you know, now credited as being the founder of the whole Medicaid practice industry, Medicaid planning industry, you know, where lawyers protect assets. It actually started from me back in 2001 when I started this training. Well, the interesting thing was one of the things I did over the training was I taught about my, my IPUB protection trusts, which were trusts that allowed you to create an irrevocable trust that you could control, that you could change and you could benefit from with a couple little nuances to them. And it would be protected from creditors, creditors, and clients would be eligible for long-term care to be paid for by Medicaid and other need-based benefit programs. And so that started the journey that I'm here today with in Guider, in a sense, because I then began a national legal organization of lawyers to do this type planning. And then what I realized was, you know, going back to those days when I was five, six years old doing packing spices... I was a systems guy. I love to take complex things and figure out how to simplify them down to, 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 to logical steps and bring them down to logical steps where people can implement them without, you know, kind of decomplicate them, you know. And so then I started a process of creating systems and processes for a law firm. And so as we think about innovation, you know, my first innovation, the IPUB Protection Trust, then Medicaid planning. My next major innovation was bringing the first cloud-based law practice management system to the estate planning industry. And we did it where the documents were created inside the practice management system. First time it had been done. And now that comes forward to even what we're doing now with Guider, which is the next innovation, which is really transforming the way the practice of law works. Because what's happened is, you know, the practice of law is old and traditional, which isn't bad, but the world is fast and modern. And so we have to bring these two together. And Guider is the way to do it. And it was really interesting in meeting Guy. We met, uh, Guy and I are both part of a, you know, an international coaching association 
that that coaches entrepreneurs from all over the world. And we were in a session in Toronto and we had lunch together and we started talking about what he did and what I did. And I said, you know, guy, I can really use someone like you because the lawyers, you know, they're not really into this modern technology thing, but I really know how to get them there. Guy says, well, I know how to develop it. What are you thinking? And the thing that really highlights was it was easy. You know, once I met Guy, it became very easy to move forward with things. And that's really something I've learned in my entrepreneurial world. I didn't have it hard. Everything always came easy to me, but I I think it's because of my mindset and because the way I look at the world, you know, it's how you look at it. If you just take things and you create value, it's very simple. Things happen. And we've always been value creators. And so Guy and I together here with Guider have really taken the, you can't do that. You know, lawyers always say, you know, my God, for the last 25 years, all I've heard is everything I've ever come out with is they said, you can't do it. And by God, not only have I done it, we've succeeded at it and led the whole industry in it. And and that's what Guy and I are doing again here with Guider. We're transforming the legal industry to say, how can we as lawyers, you know, really help the everyday folks, family? Remember, it's all about family. How do we help regular people get access to great lawyers without having, you know, to have money be an obstacle? So what Guider is going to do is Guider is going to transform and allow individuals online to access their own local lawyers, utilizing their own lawyers' tools that they use, but doing it in a way that lets the consumer choose how you want to work with the lawyer. So what we've designed is, you know, okay, do it kind of the do-it-yourself model, like LegalZoom and things like that. The problem with those models is they eliminate the lawyer. This guider makes the lawyer the center of it, and it makes them the lawyer user-friendly with the consumer. And then, so it's do it yourself or let the lawyer help you do it or let the lawyer do it for you. And in any, any way along the way, you get to choose. This is about consumer-friendly communication with the attorney so that you have access to your lawyer your way. And that's really what Guider is all about. And, and But really, it's more than that. It's about the community. And it's really about Guy and I's relationship, how we came to know each other through our open-mindedness, our core values of open, curious, aware, collaborative generous and adaptable. And if, if, you know, if you look at those core values, we've built a whole organization based on them. And, and we actually all like each other. You know, our members uh, are really upset with the whole pandemic because we haven't been able to get together in person. Our members are actually saying we can't wait to get together because, you know, we've all become friends in the process. It's a great community. And when you take the brilliance of Guy and his background and his technology and, and the blessing that I've had to be in this legal industry is particularly in the estate planning industry for the last 28, 29 years now, I, I think it brings together a great marriage of something that society's ready for, you know, an easy way to work with lawyers. And that's what I'm really excited about with Guider. And most importantly, working with Guy and all the other people that we that uh, we're going to meet along the way to continue to grow our community and uh, more importantly, to help people. That's what it's really all about. That's my story. I'm sticking with it. And uh, I look forward to, to helping other people create their story and their own in- entrepreneurial ventures through the Guider platform. What a great story, Dave. Thank you. And thank you for listening to the Legal Community Podcast. Remember to subscribe and review and visit guider.legal. Thank you for listening to the Legal Community Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Visit us at guider.legal for more information and please review and share this show. We'll see you next time.